Welcome to Connect the Dots with Coach Karen. In this series, we undertake an unscripted training and coaching format to discover what it takes to find out and live out your God-given mission this side of heaven. If you've been plagued with questions about why you're here or what you're here for, you're in the right place. Be prepared to leave stuck or confused behind and follow along to gain clarity, peace, and purpose because God already knows your mission and He wants you to know it too. Welcome to episode two of Connect the Dots with Coach Karen. As I mentioned in episode one, this series will walk through five thoughtful steps to a mission statement with our guest, Julie. We're doing this in hopes that you may be able to gain insight and answers into your own purpose and mission. This series uses a training coach format, which is a bit different than my Witness and Ponder series. But just like Witness and Ponder, there is extra value when you experience this with others in a small group. So I hope you choose to do that. Now, if you haven't already listened to episode one, be sure to jump on over there because this series is really a story. It's Julie's story that you'll want to hear from the beginning and in order. Julie and I will venture down the unscripted roads with the Holy Spirit to unveil what her personal mission statement is, how that will look in her life, and ways she can stay filled and fulfilled as she lives out her mission. Julie has selflessly agreed to share her coaching experience with you so you can grow personally and spiritually as well. I can't emphasize enough how generous and brave this is of her. Julie's story will unfold as we work through the framework of my online training called Connect the Dots. There are five steps to the video training. Step one is what you do well. Step two is where we explore what your passion is and who your people are. Step three prioritizes your values. Step four pulls together the summaries from each of those steps into your personal mission statement. And in step five, we explore specific ways you stay filled and fulfilled as you live out your mission. Today we begin Julie's story with step one, but know that God has been in her story all along and joins us here. In this episode, I will train and coach Julie on what she does well based on an assortment of self-assessments that are provided in the Connect the Dots matrix. Her goal for the session is confidence. We spend a significant amount of time in spiritual gifts, and we touch on various other assessments that bring insights. When we get to the Enneagram, she confesses that she's the ninest nine that ever nined. <laughs> then there are the long pauses that happen as she makes space to receive the revelations from God which make this all the more a blessing to witness. So come, allow me to introduce you to my kind and wonderful friend who is looking for the same thing you are, her mission, vision, and purpose. Friends, please help me welcome my good friend, Julie. Julie is a friend who I admire. I admire her wit, her fashion, her intelligence, her fun, and all things Southern that she brings to me. She is such a blessing to me. So Julie has agreed to walk through Connect the Dots with all of y'all. See, she even gave me y'all. I'm, I'm doing y'all for you. There we go. I'm y'allin'. That's my Nashville coming out. So anyway, we are going to walk through these steps together. And we invite you just to pray along with us for Julie to hear from God, for us 
to see just how beautifully he's made her and the purpose for that. And so if you are also wondering, you know, what your purpose is, and specifically Julie's goal for this is to uncover her purpose so she can live out God's purpose daily. And I love the fact, Julie, that you said daily. And so can can you speak to just your your goal for our friends here as we get started? Sure. And I'm really grateful to be doing this with you. Thank you for sharing me with your friends and for allowing me to be a part of this. Uh, so my goal is really just like what I said, I want to uncover my purpose. Uh, I've been a believer for a very long time and firmly believe that as a follower of Christ, that we definitely all have a purpose. We have a purpose that we have been given. And I'm a big, so I love, I think it's John 10, 10, where he says that, you know, we're called to live not just a life, but an abundant life in Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's not just for, um, you know, our eternity, that's for our today, our every day. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I want to be sure that I'm living that out every day. And so that's really why I wanted to work with you on this. And, you know, you know, I've been trying to figure this out for a while and I just, and I feel God nudging me. I felt it all along, you know, when I wanted to give up and be like, oh my gosh, this is too hard or I'll never know the answer. He's still there. He's like, no, no. You know, it's really like that whole, you're so close. And so when I just kind of prayed, I was like, okay, like I'm searching and I've read all the books and I've done all the tests and I've done the this and the that. And I don't know if it's because I'm not putting it together correctly or what, but Lord, would you just guide me to a resource, you know, to help me figure this out. And here we are. And here we are. This is what he's done. And as he was laying stuff on my heart about what to share with uh, my podcast friends next, it, it I, he just kept bringing it back to this. And when I reached out, you were like, he's working here too on my end. So friends, if you're listening, God has put this all together for you. And so really our prayer is that you would be able to follow along with us and to glean your own epiphanies and guidance and um, assurance and confidence from God. Because as Julie said, yeah, we each have a purpose. And John 10.10 10 is a great Great verse, Julie, right? I mean, this is how we're supposed to live for today in an abundant life. There are five steps to connect the dots. First step is what you do well. And that is what Julie and I are on our step right now is what you do well. And so sometimes this step can be hard because it's kind of hard to see what you do well and receive what you do well, right? So Julie, in this step, there are five assessments that are um, free to take that explore your spiritual gifts, your strengths, your Holland career code, your Enneagram and or Myers-Briggs. And if you have any independent assessments that you have taken on your own, you add that to that to determine kind of what you do well. So, Julie, which of those assessments did you take? I took several of them. Okay. <laughs> because I okay. felt like I wanted to know exactly, you know, what it is that I do well. And so um, I know that I took um, the spiritual gifts assessment because it had been a long time since I had taken a spiritual gifts assessment. And it was really interesting to me that um, they're a little different than when I took them before. Not completely different, but, you know, like 
you change in life. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I took that one and do you want me to share what mine were? Actually, before we go there, I actually wanted to ask you a question about today's yeah. goal. So okay. here's the deal. We've got the big goal that will cover our entire time together. And that's to uncover your purpose so you can live out God's purpose daily. What, as we talk about your strengths today, what would you like to walk away with from today's session? I want to walk away with being confident in what I do well. Because like you were kind of alluding to at the beginning, we don't often like, I hate to say toot our own horn, but we don't often want to actualize or accept, oh, this is what I do well, because we feel like maybe it's bragging or it's, um, it doesn't serve us well to, to own it and, and maybe share it or not really boast in it, but, you know, to be proud of it. We, we want to be humble and meek, but I don't think that being confident in what you do well doesn't mean you're not humble or want to be serving. So I want to be confident in what I do well. I love that. And I really love where you brought this to, because I think this is the the essence of this step. False humility denies God, okay? Everything we're looking at, your spiritual gifts, your personality, your strengths, these are all God-given things, right? Most of all of this, we don't have a lot to do with. Right. <laughs> And so if you're doing something well, it is uh, endowed by God and uh, false humility is like uh, denies what God has done in you and in your life. And so I love taking this approach and, and just getting the elephant in the room out there of saying, hey, I never say what I'm good at, but God has made me able in certain areas and being able to receive it and believe it. It really has dynamic impact on ourselves. So, yeah. All right. Let's go. We're headed for confidence here, right? I mean, this is God's truth. This is who Julie is and who people in your life know you are and your strengths are anyway. And so it really does no one any service to say, uh, oh, no, 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 I'm not good, to diminish yourself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no, no. It is always good in humility to say, yeah, God made, that, God made me that way. It is the action of the step to point to God. And that's how we manage this step. It's like, I'm confident. Yeah, this is, this is all God. I mean, I've been responsible with God's given me, right? I've developed these skills. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so, yeah, girl, you are, it, I'm excited here. Okay. Everybody else, let's join Julie and find out what your spiritual gifts are, Julie. Okay, so uh, you want all five that I got? or there's Yeah, just, just lay them out. They were exhortation, administration, faith, mercy, and helps. All right, so that was spiritual gifts. How about if we just do a 30,000 foot overall of them and see what we got, okay? Okay. And, and then we can do a deep dive. So uh, did you do the strengths one? What did you find the assessment that was um, about strengths? I'm trying to remember which one that was. Was that the um, high five high one? High five. Mm-hmm. Yes, that one. Um, so timekeeper, empathizer, deliverer, coach, and focus expert. Okay. Those are cool. Did you do the career code one? Yes, I did. Okay. What was and, that? And, um, and that one, it was, this was so interesting to me. Um, Persuading, creating, 
helping and organizing. All right. What was interesting to you about that? Uh, persuading was in there. I don't, I don't very, I don't feel very um, persuasive. I wouldn't say, in fact, I would say like when I think about my job, like where I, something I need to work on is probably being more persuasive. And so I just thought that was really interesting that that was in there. What is your understanding of what persuading is? I see persuading as um, influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like in a salesy way, but just mm-hmm. kind of in being able to speak in a way that inspires and motivates and influences people to think about, just to think. Okay. Okay. So this is this is interesting because we we uh, we talked that coaching is holistic and that it impacts other areas of our lives. And so I'm hearing you say that oh maybe at work I can I can do that a little bit more. But if we were to look at all of Julie's world. Would you then negate persuading? I think I can persuade in certain areas. I wouldn't say overall, like I'm super persuasive, but I Mm -hmm. think like when I think about what people come to ask me about, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, I can persuade someone to listen to that podcast or read that book or try that recipe, you know. I agree because I find you very influential. Uh, you inf- you influence me from many things. So that's a really good point to say. It's like, oh, at work, I don't feel like it. So I must, this word must not belong to me. But we are whole beings. And if it, it came up, you saw it in other areas of your life as well. All of these assessments are self-assessments. So this is you giving yourself the answers. And so that means that you can dispute them as well. Okay. Okay. What about the Enneagram? The Enneagram, I am a nine, mm-hmm. but it's like, like one or two off from, off from being a two, like those two come up really close together, but it's always nine. I've taken like five different Enneagram tests and it's always nine, but we're always close. nine. Okay. Always nine. So that's, it's good to have a recurring constant. And what about the Myers-Briggs? I did not take that one. Okay. Well, you did a really good bunch of them. So. What stands out most to you? I really just in in talking about them and kind of laying them out there, seeing where some of the overlap is a little bit. That is very interesting to me. Like when we started talking about spiritual gifts and even though it was the lowest, but helps. And then knowing that in my Holland assessment, like helping was in there. And then my nineness being really close to a two and a two is such a helper, like to see that theme over and over and over. That struck me as well. That helps have popped up both times and along with even coach and empathy, you know, as long as with your strengths, Mm -hmm. I find that those are really good partners. Yes. So which one would you want to zero in on first? Um, I would say let's start with the gifts. Okay. Let's go gifts. Okay. So here's the thing about gifts. Gifts are different than skills because we experience the Holy Spirit while we're doing them. It's the Holy Spirit working through us. Spiritual gifts are not for ourselves. They are for other people. So you said exhortation. So like when you encourage and that sort of thing, it's for other people. Now, faith and mercy and helps, you can just see how God can work through you to do them. So the spiritual gift is not 
what the gift is. It's who the gift is. And so it's the Holy Spirit in you. And so, Julie, I found it interesting that you said, oh, they kind of shifted from the first time that you did this. And so it's not that things change. It's that you're noticing God working through you a little differently than you may have in the past. Yes. Right? Yeah, I see see your eyes just lit up there. Yeah, real big. Tell me about that. Well, I think the time that I can remember taking a spiritual gifts test last, that season of my life was extremely different than where I am in my life now. And at that time, not that I'm not still hospitable or don't want to be hospitable, but there was a, a lot of hospitality happening in my life at that time. And so hospitality was one of my spiritual gifts. And it wasn't, super, I mean, it wasn't my top one, but it was in there, you know? And so I thought it was really funny when I took this test and I was like, oh, I thought I was hospitable. But then I was like, well, where, like, how differently do those things look? And I still like to be, it's just not an area that God is using in the same mm-hmm. degree. And so mm-hmm. what you're saying to me is totally clicking that it, it's not about me. It's about the work that he's doing at that time. Yeah. So if you were to look at these right now, if the gift is the Holy Spirit, out of your list of gifts, which ones do you experience God while doing and which ones may you not experience God while doing? Um, I would say I experience God in faith and in exhortation, maybe not so much in administration. What about mercy and helps? Mercy, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say so. Helps, I think so too. Um, I feel like that one is interesting to me as well because I w- want to be more of a server and someone who volunteers and provides a little help. I don't take as much action in my life as I want to in that area. So when that came up, I was like, I don't really do a lot of helping. <laughs> So, uh, but maybe that's God's way of also nudging me to be like, this is something that I've created a, a desire in you to to work and do and be a part of. And just because I'm not actively doing it right now doesn't mean that that's not a way that he wants to use me. So, yeah. And it's interesting because what I heard you say was you took helps and you used it as an identity right? I want helps. I want to be someone who serves. I want, you know, that's a real identity statement. Is that something you'd like as part of your identity that, you know, Julie as a servant, servant heart? I hadn't thought about that as an identity statement. I think that for me, I think about who I am in Christ in the life that I should be living in gratitude and thankfulness and to serve. And Mm. so uh, I would, I would not necessarily say I'm a servant. I don't have a servant's heart. Like that totally sounds terrible, but I don't, I don't know that I do. So that's why that's something I want to work. When I say I want to work on, I want to be more like that because I want to be more like Christ, like every day growing to be more like Christ. So that's part of who he is. Julie, that is beautiful because that says, I mean, that's a response to the love that you have for him. How am I going to love him? And so in your heart, and your mind, it's like loving Jesus looks like serving. And that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be because I love him and I'm so grateful for him. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
Good. It's good. a work in progress. <laughs> yes. Yes. Aren't we all? Okay. So encouragement, faith, mercy, and the Holy Spirit nudging you to, to do helps are where you experience God, right? Isn't that yes. what I heard you say? Yes. Okay. And so we're going to take administration off the list because it is not uncommon for a skill to find its way on the list. And there's nothing the matter with the fact that you are skilled at administration and that sort of thing. That's all good. But this section, what you do well is the Holy Spirit working through you for others. And so that really uh, is what we're trying to get at. So do you feel any different when experiencing one gift over the other? I would say, kind of going back to like that mercy thing, I don't really feel any different, but like I do feel with exhortation, I love to encourage people. And so I feel like I do that naturally sometimes, but then I do think that there are sometimes when I feel like the Holy Spirit is nudging me to be like, send send a text to so-and-so and just say hello, or just, you know, encourage someone in some way that I don't think of naturally. Or So I feel like that happens more in my life than like mercy. Like, uh, like I, I really have to be nudged <laughs> with mercy. Well, here's another thing you bring up <laughs> that mercy is real. Helps, helps, not mercy. Mercy, I do feel. Mercy, I feel like I do feel God more in. But it might just be, again, because that's part of maybe who I am as a person, like naturally as a person, not, not a skill or gift, but, you know, like just naturally who I am compassionate versus really wanting to, like we were talking about, live out a life that, of service because I want to show love for Christ. So. Yeah. But I just love how you just made that distinction. And the thing is you probably have more opportunities to encourage than opportunities for mercy. Yes. So mercy may not be on the radar as often as encouragement is, but it's still a supernatural act that you do. And so here's the thing about spiritual gifts. You know, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Marvel, DC Comics, all superheroes. And, you know, I'm a big fan. And uh, when I do my spiritual gifts class, I ask, what superpower would you want? So if you had a superpower, Julie, what would that be? What would you like to have as a superpower? Oh, um, oh, that's a great question. I would like to be in multiple places at one time. Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. That's a superpower, right? And so what we're doing here, what we're talking about is a superpower. It's your supernatural power. This is not Julie just, you know, looking in your contacts to go, I'm going to, you know, encourage this person today, this person today. It's a supernatural experience that you have. Because it's God and, and the Holy Spirit that does it. So what we look at here is a list of your superpowers. Your superpowers are encouraging, faith, mercy, and helps. That's a really cool way to look at it. Like this whole thing has been, this whole talking about this part has been so helpful because while I did know that spiritual gifts were given to us to be used to enhance the kingdom of God. I never thought about it as not for me. So that is um, looking at it differently about how it's used and, and its purpose. It, it changes everything about it, about how I look at it and that's how they great. are in my life. And that's God. He's like, girl, you want to come here? I got some yeah. stuff here for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah just being very faithful. And if you do the work, I'll show you what I'm talking about. So, yeah. God, he's so faithful, Julie. Just so great. So, what gifts would you say have been affirmed by others? I would say exhortation. Mm hmm. For sure. And probably, even though we've taken it off the list, administration, but that okay. would be the Okay. But so your, your skill of administration is affirmed by others. Yes. Okay. All right. That's good. And of your gifts, which one is most fulfilling? Oh. We talked about opportunity. I mean, yes. that you have more opportunity to encourage, which is most fulfilling? I think it's exhortation. I really do because I I do truly get joy from lifting someone else up, encouraging them, or just being able to support them, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. Sometimes encouragement is not a cheerleader rah-rah thing. Sometimes it's just standing by someone, you know, and letting them know that. And so that is super fulfilling. Yeah. And so as we look at this, that you experience God in it, others affirm it, and it's the most fulfilling out of them all. And it's your superpower. So how do you see God wanting to work through you to use this? What, what happens on the other end when God uses you with this gift? What happens on the other end that you see? I see someone who feels encouraged, feels loved, feels relief sometimes to know that they're not alone to know that someone else is there with them. It's just seeing whether they see it or not, it's being able to see God loving on them. It is. Who doesn't need encouragement, Julie? Everybody does. Everybody needs encouragement. And that is God acting to encourage others by using you in a supernatural way. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you really think about it like that? Like, you think a simple, Karen, you've got this. You're going to be great at this, you know? And those words might seem really simple for me, but they're not simple at all. Not really. When, when you think about, what encouragement is and what, and how you just laid it out. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's so much more than simple words. And here's the other thing. The Holy Spirit is in both parts of it, Julie. So the Holy Spirit nudged you with somebody to encourage because the Holy Spirit knew that that person was sitting in a place of discouragement. And so when you encourage the spirit in you resounds with the spirit in me, when I receive that and I experience it as supernatural. That's even cooler. So, you know, as, and I just think as we're talking about this, like my words may not seem very profound. Oh, Karen, you've got this, you know, you're going to be great. But like you said, like knowing when I think about it like that, about doing it, not just as a good friend to you, but because I've, God's going to use that, knowing that whatever I've said might sound simple coming from my end, but how the spirit in you perceives it 
and what God does with it and the Holy Spirit does with you and your heart can be so much more than just some simple words. Yeah. And it's powerful. So here, we just spent a whole lot of time talking talking on spiritual gifts, but that yeah. it's powerful, right? It is extremely. Yeah. And it's a nice driver to help figure out your purpose because yes. we want to operate supernaturally. Absolutely. All right. Any questions? You want to spend any more time on that or? Okay. Where do we want to go next? Let's dive into the high five. Okay. Let's go to strengths. So tell me, how did you understand them from your results? They sounded a lot like who who I am or, you know, mm-hmm. who I know myself to be. And so I was like, okay, this is what this is. And I didn't go too deep with them. Like I wanted to okay. them a, little, a little bit okay. more. So uh, does any strength really stand out? Well, in talking just as we did about spiritual gifts, like the empathizer thing Absolutely. seems to go <laughs> really well with mercy and even helps. And I mean, again, I could, looking back at them, like, you know, thinking about being a focus expert falls in line with some administration and um, those sort of things. So. Yeah. And I can affirm just the, the empathy that I see in you and I know in you and how that makes total sense that the encourager and the mercy and the helps piece also just are aligned. Now, this is interesting about empathy. Empathy is singular, solid, internal. We can see someone needs something or feel someone that needs someone. There's cognitive empathy and affect empathy. But what happens is empathy in motion is compassion. And you mentioned earlier that it's compassion that drives that help because helps is the action. Helps is the movement to the empathy that that strength is. So how does that land on you? It's making me think about it, like process it differently. Yeah. And and just see it differently too. And to realize that it just re it enforces to me, reinforces that this does lie within me and it is important to me, even if I'm not currently exhibiting something like this every day in my life. Like this is something that does live. It is. And it is important to me for it to show up on this test. Clearly it's important to me. Yeah. And so compatible. I mean, you noticed immediately that things were overlapping. Yes. So which strength would you say is the most used and which strength would you say is the least used? Oh, I would say... Most used would probably either be timekeeper or focus expert, and least used would probably be coach. Okay. So what can happen with strengths is that an overuse of strengths can actually turn into a liability, okay? Okay. You can get hyper-focused and not notice things all around you. You can be timekeeper and be task-oriented as opposed to being people-oriented or, you know, I mean, those are just, you know, things off the top of my head. Do you see any of these strengths being overused to a detriment? Now that you say, like, yes, that 
timekeeper task oriented is exactly what you said. Like, I think sometimes I get too bogged down in the details. Like, it's great to be detail oriented. Like, there's no doubt that that has a time and place. But I probably do miss opportunities to be with with people, to connect with people, because I'm so caught up in what I'm doing at that moment, the actual task in front of me, the very Mary Martha conundrum. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm seeing here is you have Mary Martha here. You've got the empathy yes. and you've got the timekeeper. You've got, you've got both of them. And yes. so well-managed is a, is a beautiful picture. But I don't know that it is. I think that's what I'm saying is like my, my timekeeper beats out my empathy all the time. We'll be like, oh, I, I see that person needs help, but these things that are in front of me have to be done. Mm. And those are, sometimes those are easier. Mm-hmm. Oh, Julie. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the, the connection with a person might require a feeling that you don't want to have to give, or you don't feel like you have time to give or a connection you don't want to make, or they just might not feel like the priority. The priority is probably in thinking about like the priority should always be the person. That's how Jesus lived. He was not concerned with the fishes and the loaves. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he made it all work, but he was concerned about the people. He wasn't concerned about the lack of the food and creating more food and buying more food. He was concerned about meeting the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you bring up a really good point because Jesus also said there will always be poor, right? Right. And there's always going to be people with needs. And so it's discerning when to enter into those moments and when not to. And so now that you know that spiritual gifts are the Holy Spirit wanting to move through you, how much easier is that to know that, oh, I can help this person because God's prompting me? Or I'm not feeling prompted to help this person. You know, checking in with God saying, what, am I a part of this? Am I not a part of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a supernatural engine to be there for people in specific ways. And the best part is to do that with the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. And so how does that change things? It makes it so much, there's so much more freedom in that and and takes some of the, I don't want to say, the liability off of me. I mean, not that it's, you know, that it's not really, if, if I, if I don't feel nudged to help someone, I don't have to feel guilty about that. Yeah. Like it's when I do feel nudged to help someone and I keep doing my <laughs> task at hand, then maybe I should feel a little guilty, <laughs> but you know, that just makes it so much more clear because it can be really confusing at times to discern when you've got two good things in front of you, which one becomes a priority. And if I think if I'm looking through the lens of, what I know my spiritual gifts and strengths are, that makes it so much easier to discern what to do in that moment. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's the nudge. The load. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's beautiful that you get nudges. Yes. I mean, yeah. a lot of people don't get nudges. A lot of people, this is hard for a lot of people to be able to navigate, but that's beautiful that it's a matter of knowing when to respond and when not to respond and obedience and disobedience and guilt and not guilt. And that's the beauty of this is knowing your lanes, knowing your strength, knowing all this is, you know, when to say yes and when to say no. And the no comes without 
all the shrapnel of guilt, right? Right. Yes. Because you can trust that God's got that person and somebody else may meet that need or whatever you're doing is what, what needs to be attended to. Or the timing of it's not right and it may come up again and then you may, you know what I mean? It's just, there's so many variables. Yes. But you got the nudge. I love that you get the nudge. Most of the time I get the nudge. Most but of I think time. too, even if I don't have a nudge and even if I choose poorly or choose wrong in the moment, it's not like, I mean, Jesus is is good and graceful and merciful and it's not like he's going to come down on us. You know, he, I think if, if we're truly seeking which is the right direction, and we don't make the right choice, whether we mean to or not. I think that if we're still seeking Jesus in that, he might point out, well, I actually wanted you to do this. And, but he'll do it with that incredible, like loving conviction that he has, not like in a, you totally screwed up kind of moment, but in a, and, and hopefully it will help make me more, aware of it next time so I can see it differently. Yes, it is. And you're right. Romans says, you know, God's kindness turns us to repent. And and I love the fact that you said next time. Oh, I, I remember this. Next time, I, you know, I'm going to do this. So <laughs> it is all growth. It is a journey. And nothing depends on one moment in time. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So what do you think God thinks about your strengths? I think that he thinks that I can do amazing things for him with them. And I think that he made me the the way that he made me. And while someone else might have the same strengths as I do, they will be lived out differently and used Mm -hmm. differently. And so I think that he thinks they're perfect for me. Julie, they are perfect for you. They are perfect for you. I love that. They're perfect for you. I put an exclamation point on my note with that one. <laughs> um, all right. So anything else about strengths that you want to plumb the depths of? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Which one do you want to attend to next? Um, do you want to talk about... We can talk about the Holland Code or we can talk about the Enneagram. Either it's one. up to you. Let's talk about the Enneagram. Okay. Let's talk Enneagram. Let's talk. <laughs> so. I, I do think I'm the nine that's nine that ever nined. <laughs> like, <laughs> the more I learn about nines, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much me. Yeah. So a, a lot of these things that I think you, that you associate with two also align with the nines as well. Yes, which is why I think my score is so tight, usually leaning towards the nine, but literally within like a point or two always from Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. a two. So So good. So good. So how much on a scale of one to 10, you said like, I'm a nine, 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 nine. You'd say that you're uh, on a scale of one to 10, you're a 10 that you're a nine. Probably so. Maybe, maybe I'm going to, because, you know, I think um, everybody wants to be a seven because sevens are fun, you know? <laughs> so sometimes I'll let, even though the Enneagram coaches may not tell you that you can be a nine wing seven, sometimes I think I have a little seven that likes to, to pop out. But most of the time I'm pretty much a nine. Yeah. Well, you know, I would say I'm not a seven, but I don't think sevens hold the market on fun. <laughs> so true. I'm just saying, uh, you're you're a fun person. 
And I say that you're a fun nine, quite frankly. There we go, you know? So yeah, sevens don't have a market on fun. But yeah, there are aspects of of, of all of them that we either like and then some that we'd like to just kind of get rid of ourselves, right? But as an identifying nine, what is the most outstanding trait of a nine that you identify with? I would say that it is um, not speaking up for myself, like keeping all of my thoughts and my opinions, not always to myself, but a lot kind of being very passive. And then the peacekeeper side of that. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes I won't say the things that I'm thinking because I don't want to ruffle the peace. But but those are the two things I think stand out for me. Yeah, those are really typical nine characteristics. And so uh, as you were talking, I was just wondering when we talked about being persuasive and here we are talking about your voice and shutting down your voice and being a peacekeeper, which is also can go either way, right? We can head to a healthy conflict or we can be a yielder and an avoider. So would you say that in certain spaces, your voice impacts that persuading. Yes, I would in certain spaces. Okay. So persuading is a, has come up that it's your own ability, but I'm hearing you say that you make executive decisions to shut that down or dial it down in certain situations. Okay. Yes. Usually if I feel like I may not a hundred percent know what I'm talking about, or um, if I like, if I have a question, but I don't want to ask the question because I feel like I'm the only one that has the question. Like I mm. won't ask the question. I'll just kind of keep it, keep it in, you know. Um, but when I feel very confident about what I know or what I'm talking about, or if I know that I really like a podcast and I'm going to tell you to listen to it, and whether if you tell me, oh, I've listened to that and I don't like it, like if I know that it's not going to ch- make me feel bad for liking it or make me be like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't like that podcast because Karen doesn't like that podcast. Like if I feel super confident in, in what I know, then I'll confidently share it no matter what. But if not, if I if I question it, then I'm just going to keep quiet over on the side and and not use my voice. So... Is that habit? Are there times when you maybe make yourself not do that? I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely something that I'm working on in my professional career, like sharing my voice more and bringing my voice to the table more because it's, I realized it's not even always about whether it's right or wrong, but sometimes, sometimes your perspective needs to be heard, even if it's different because it sparks a conversation and you can learn. Everyone can learn from conversations. And so. Yeah. So initially I heard you were saying that your voice is strong, the more confident you are. And I hear that you give yourself less opportunities to speak tentatively. And so I'm wondering if there's language and permission that you give yourself that's like, hey, I'm not sure about this. What do you think? But da 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 da. No, I don't. And I should. And I will starting today <laughs> use that language because sometimes it is. It's just so simple as giving yourself permission to have an idea or to ask a question. 
and it takes the pressure off of you having to be exactly right or exactly wrong. Yeah. It's allowing the question, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so just giving a preamble to it, meaning that, you know, you're open and hoping that they'll be open and fluid to whatever, whatever comes up. So I hear you saying that move, use language to allow yourself, your voice to speak in tentative situations. Yes. Yes. Where's the first place you want to do that? At work. At work. <laughs> what does that look like at work? So I'm on the leadership team in my professional career, and I am the only woman on that team, small team. And under no circumstance do I think that any of those men would not would, would downplay anything I had to say because I'm a woman. But I think sometimes I just kind of sit quietly until I feel like I really have something profound to say. And so I need to ask more questions, share ideas and thoughts with the preamble of, so we, I'm not sure about this, but, and use it there for sure. Yeah, that's a great space. That is a really great space because I'm thinking if you're on a team with, all male gender, and then there's you that they would really value and benefit from the perspective that you bring. And they have said so, <laughs> which you think that would be enough to make me be like, oh, well, I'm going to talk and never stop. But no, I just, <laughs> I still find that tentative piece in me. So it's still a work in progress. But yes, they do, which is, which helps me to be like, I should say more. So. Well, that's a great place to let your tentative voice out. I mean, yes. we've talked about that you want to walk away with more confidence from here, right? Right. And we're talking about it's okay to be tentative. But you can also have confidence in your tentativeness. That's it's it. Not, it's not mutually exclusive. Yes, yes. Not shutting you down. Um, all right. So what, what do you imagine God could do with your voice? If he's working through you in the Holy Spirit and, you know, this is your personality piece, what do you imagine he could do with that? I think that he could definitely use my voice to bring more attention to who he is. I think about, I mean, pretty much everybody who knows me knows that I'm a believer and I'm not very shy necessarily about that. But there are definitely times when if I'm uncertain of how someone believes or what they think, that instead of saying, I'll pray for you, or how can I pray for you, or instead of trying to give maybe a word of encouragement, I, I hold back on that because I don't want to offend anybody or I just want to be, you know, kind of neutral. And so I think that if I was to be more confident in my tentativeness and use my voice more in those situations, that it could definitely, that he would, he would use that to bring glory to himself mm -hmm. and to be able to show his love to, for others. Not only bring attention to who he is, when you use your voice to encourage, you bring experience of him to others. Because mm -hmm. remember, I said that when you say something, the Holy Spirit knew I needed to hear it. And so I have an experience of God seeing me, God knowing me, that he sent somebody out of the blue to give me these words that, that I just needed. 
So an encouragement is a, the most beautiful voice. Death. Yeah. So I love bringing attention to who he is. And I also see experiencing, you know, the gift of experiencing him through your voice. Good stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes. So is there anyone in the Bible that you particularly resonate with personality-wise? Oh, I feel like Paul a lot. Paul? Yeah. Well, I feel well, I feel like him, like his whole what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't want to do oh. is what I do. Preach I mean, it, girl. I mean, I know that we all on some level feel that, but you know, I I resonate like like in talking, you know, about the helps thing. Like, you know, I really do want to volunteer more. I really do want to be more merciful and find ways to help people, but then I don't do it. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, to, in that way, I think that I would like to be more like Esther Mm. because she is a woman who did use her voice. Yes. Yes, Julie. (laughs) And while our situations are different, you know, she wasn't just trying to encourage people. She was saving her people, but still sometimes a word of encouragement is a way to save somebody. It's a small saving moment of what maybe they need in that moment. So I'd like to have the courage that she had. And and I see faith rolling into that as well, even though it doesn't necessarily go into in scripture, you know, a whole a lot about her faith. You you understand where it comes from and why she's doing what she's doing. And so. I agree. I think that's a really good person that would encapsulate who you are. I love that. What's one part of your personality that you'd like to give to God? Oh, um, oh, wow, Karen, that's a great question. I would say I would like to give him my, I think my tentativeness a, a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not shy and so it's not, it's not that, but I think that When I'm with my small circle of people, I'm a little bit more of who I am than I am when I'm just probably walking through everyday life or in in a big group situation. And so I would like to give that to him so that, because I definitely feel like I'm, not that I'm fake ever, but that I am my most authentic self when I'm with my smallest, closest group of people. But I want to be her as well. And as confident as she is and as joyful as she is when I am with anyone, not just my, my small people, my, a small group of people. Well, that's so interesting, Julie, because we talked that what you want to get out of today's session was confidence, right? Yes. And the part of the personality you'd like to give to God would be tentativeness, another word for not confident, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. So is that something you'd like to do right now and give to him? Yes. Yes. He can have it. He can have it. (laughs) He can have it. You just want to do that in a a quick prayer? Yes. I'll I'll lead you. Do you want me to lead you? Yeah, that would be perfect. Yes. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for Julie and thank you for all of the beautiful 
ways you have made her. Thank you for her responsibility with the gifts and the uh, the talents and the personality and all, all the things that you've given her. She's been very responsible with to grow and to love and to continue to grow. And so we give you thanks and praise for that. Lord, right now, she came here today for confidence. And Lord, what she'd like to leave with you today is her tentativeness. And so, Julie, can you just repeat after me and just say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you that I can be confident in you. Thank you that I can be confident in you. I hear today. I hear today. Give you my tentativeness. Give you my tentativeness. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I want to give it to you. And I want to give it to you. I don't want it to have any power over my life. I don't want it to have any power over my life. I don't want it to be an obstacle to me serving you. I don't want it to be an obstacle to me serving you. And I most of all don't want it to hush the Holy Spirit in my voice. And I most of all don't want it to hush the Holy Spirit in my voice. Jesus, will you take this? Jesus, will you take this? Julie, do you get a sense that he's taken it? I do. Ask him, Jesus, what do you have in return for me? Jesus, what do you have in return for me? What are you hearing? I'm hearing that he has confidence for me. I can be confident in the Holy Spirit and that he has good works for me to be a part of and do and to walk into with, with full confidence. Jesus, thank you that whenever we give you something, you always give us a double portion back. I thank you that this time with Julie has been enlightening and blessed by you. Um, we pray, Lord, that as we continue with this process, that you continue to wow us as you did today. And so also, Lord, I pray for our friends listening. If any of this has resonated with them, Lord, that they can come to you and they can hand it to you and say, I don't want this. What do you have for me instead? Lord, give them the freedom to be able to do that because you are a God of abundance. And you give us way more than what we clutch and hang on to ourselves. And so thank you that Julie's opened her hands, has seen that that's what she wants to give you. And she is walking away from our time today with so much more because that's who you are, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. All right. So how you feeling? I feel encouraged and um, excited and confident. Great. Great. So now part of step one, Julie, is also to write down, what is it? What you do well summary. And so I heard you say you're going to take an action step with the leadership team at work. That was one action. So are you okay if we talk about action steps here? Yes. Okay. So that was work. 
And part of the Connect the Dots is the What You Do Well summary. As you approach it now with just this new information and experience, uh, will you be able to have that ready next week shaped up with what you do well? Yes. Okay. So we're going to do step one. Any other steps? I do have one more. I'm going to be um, praying um, with intentionality about serving. I love Seeing that. so much how mercy and helps shows up and across the board and everything I did, I want to be a good steward of that. Yeah. And so I want to just kind of pray about what that looks like. Okay. And so you've just queued up to step two because step two is going to be your people and your passion, right? And so not only, I mean, this is what you're good at. This is just a, this is just a piece of it. Next week, you're going to get more direction about where to go with all of this. So I'm excited for that. I am too. Very Good. much so. Good. Okay. All right. Any questions about what we did here? No. Okay. So I'm going to let you pull together and sum up what you're good at. That's what that step will be. Um, okay. But what was most helpful about today? Honestly, it was having you coach me through everything. I mean, because like we had kind of talked about, you know, you can take all of these assessments and you can read the, you know, the summaries that, the, that get sent back to you, but talking it through with you and having you share your perspective, helped me to see it differently. Just like, it, especially like with the whole spiritual gifts thing that it's not about me, like that just really was super impactful. That's today. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that alone was, was I could, I got a lot of things from today, but we could have stopped right there and I would have walked away. Like this was super like life changing in this moment. So yes. yeah, those are your superpowers. Cause it's the Holy spirit, right? It's not what the yes. gift is. It's who the gift is. So what could get in the way of you doing your action steps? What obstacles might get in your way this week? Distractions. All right. Well, I think that for me, I need to slow down and pause and absorb. And so like, it would be like me for us to finish this call today and be like, okay, well, that's done. And then, you know, go on about my way. But I really want to be intentional about thinking on what we talked about and what God showed me today, what he taught me through this today, and then not being distracted, like to get my summary done because I want to watch something on Netflix, you know, like I don't want to be distracted by the easy thing in the moment. I want to slow down and think and pause and do the work, you know, okay. so that, and then just as far as like speaking up and with my leadership team, the challenge will be when that voice is like, Oh, you don't really have to say anything or, or being too, uh, caught up in waiting for the moment to say something that I'm not really present enough to realize when I should say something. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does make sense. All right. Those are really uh, real obstacles. So if you want to pause and absorb more, how much time do you want to give yourself to do that? You know what? Even five minutes. Okay. Like, but I think that I, I think it has to be five minutes and I need 
probably to journal about it, like to write it down in some, even if it's just bullet points or something for me, because I am such a person who, when I write something down, I, I, it soaks in so much better. So, yeah. so what part of the day do you want to take that five minutes? I need to do it as soon as we're done. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so I don't forget a moment of, you know, what happened or how much, you know, it impacts me. Cause I, when we were sitting here talking about the spiritual gifts part, as it was, as I really felt like God was opening my eyes through what you were telling me, that understanding and that excitement about learning that if I wait until four 30 today to try to think about that, I will miss some of that excitement and understanding will have kind of worn off a little bit and I'll be tempted to be like, mm. but if I do it now in this moment, okay. even just a couple of words, even if I have to come back again to it later, just to jot down something will help me to remember how impactful it really was. Okay. That sounds good. So as soon as this call, you're going to take a few minutes to yeah. pause and absorb. So when you want to speak up, how can you combat the voice that's looking for the right timing and, and that sort of thing? I'm going to use the preamble. I'm going, to, I'm going to use some version of, well, I'm not really sure, but what do you think about? And it's funny good. that you said that because I have a professional coach as well. And she knows that I'm also working on my purpose and she knows that I'm working to develop my voice. And she said essentially the same thing to me. She was like, well, how about you say, well, I don't know about this, but what do you think? You know? And so I'm like, okay, this is for sure. Twice now that I've heard this, that I need to be doing this. And Julie, you know, I think it's not as simple as just knowing and doing something. I think what happened here today is that God cleared out a lot of space. And part of your tentativeness is what he cleared out yes. because you have, you've gained so much more knowledge about how you can be confident in God because of who you are, how he's made you and everything that you bring to the party. Right. Right. And so I think having cleared all that out and, you know, just said, Hey, I don't want this tentativeness anymore. I want confidence in God. I get a nudge from the Holy Spirit. If I don't feel it, I'm, I'm not going to go. If I feel it, I'm going to go. We've set up strategy. I mean, a lot of stuff happened here. Yeah. To be did. able to give you some confidence to to move on. And yes. so if there's anything to do, it's just remember what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, how are you feeling at the end of this? Really good. Really feeling even more affirmed that this is what God wanted. Like this is, he's being faithful to his word and just even more assured that there is a purpose and I can, it can be uncovered. Yeah, it can. And I just sensed an entire, a huge invitation to say, Julie, lean into all the stuff you're good at. You don't need false humility. It's not about you. It's about me. You know, you've done a good job with the stuff. You're going to do better now because it's just giving credit to God and owning it. I am a good encourager because that's my supernatural power. Yes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. It's all about God. So all about God. That helps. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to next week. I'll be praying for you all week. You'll get your yep. statement done. We'll open it up with your statement, do a little recap, <laughs> and then we go on to your people and your passion. That'll be interesting. <laughs> it just gets, it just keeps getting better and better. I'm very excited. Yeah. All right. Thank you, friend.
I'm, Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad I got to introduce you to all my podcast friends here. I, you, it is such a privilege, Karen. I feel so you don't know how much it means to me that you'd be willing to share it with me. Like that's, that's oh. the greatest compliment is introducing one friend to another. And yeah. so I just thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Yeah. And hey, podcast friends, isn't she the best? I mean, just (laughs) her proximity to God and what she can see in God and his beautifulness. And just even like when we talked about conviction, that it's his loving gentleness. I mean, Julie brings a beautiful picture of God. And so you are going to be blessed just by how she knows God. And so, yeah, I'm praying we're all going to be blessed. Thank you for hanging in there with us, podcast friends. We're going to continue and see what God's up to next, right? Because as Julie says, it's all about him. It is. <laughs> it is. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in, friend. I hope you enjoyed learning more about spiritual gifts and seeing how the aspects of what we do well can come together in complementary ways. Next week, Julie will explore her passion and her people. So be sure to tune in because God starts weaving together key pieces in really amazing ways. Once again, Details about Connect the Dots are in the show notes, as well as a discount code if you're interested in taking a deeper dive into this yourself. Remember to invite a friend to experience this with you because they can be very helpful in adding perspective. I'm praying God brings you to the revelations you need to glorify Him in the ways that only you can. So until next week, live on purpose and glorify God.